Hello, and welcome to your first episode of Therapy is Cool. I'm your host, Molly Zive. I'm a psychotherapist and mental health advocate. I'm so thrilled that you're here today and you're spending some time with me. So I want to start by just getting grounded. And a lot of times in life, we are moving and getting through tasks in our day, but we're not necessarily present. So just recognize where you're at in the world today. Take a nice big inhale through your nose and exhale through your mouth. Let it go. Inhale again through your nose. Fill your belly up. Exhale, maybe roll your shoulders back. Let it go. So great. I am very excited for this interview with Ashley Brown. She is the owner of Hurt Help Heal Initiative, and she talks about the therapeutic components of writing, what writing has done for her in her life, and why she thinks therapy is cool. Stick around and listen to our meaningful conversation. In the episode notes, you'll see how to contact her if you're interested in submitting any stories or buying any of her merchandise. Take care. Hello, and welcome to Therapy is Cool. I am so excited because I have one of the coolest people I know who is in the mental health and helping field, Miss Ashley Brown. She is the owner of Hurt Help Heal Initiative. She's been in social services for 10 years. She works full-time as a director of a homeless shelter in Southern California for women and women with children. She is also a USC Trojan, fight on, and a good friend of mine. Welcome to the show, Ashley. Thank you for having me, Miley. I'm glad to be here and honored to be your first episode. Yeah. Um, on your first episode of Therapy is Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited to have you today. You're such an inspiration to me, not only in your professional life, but what you do outside of it. You're a marathon runner. You do all these amazing things, and you started this initiative, which I think is really great, but I want to start from the very beginning. What brought you into social work? What brought me into social work? Um, I was drawn to helping professions early on, um, and I knew that I wanted to help people um, as, as a child, just growing up, my experiences um, that I've had in life and the experiences that I've seen other people have in life. I felt like I could really make a difference by um, helping people. So that, that's what got me on this path that yeah. I'm on. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And you're not originally from Southern California. Where are you from? No, I'm from the Midwest. I relocated about 10 years ago or eight years ago from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay. Here for graduate school. Yeah. yeah, and that's where we met, right? It is. We it were is. a little, I, I like to call myself a baby social worker because I like to say I grew up in the mental health system because it uh, really woke me up and showed me a lot of different experiences that I didn't see growing up. And one of those first experiences was interning in prison. You right. and I right. we had did the that. same internship, <laughs> right? Yeah, we, we did that. Yeah, that was a, a great experience for sure. Um, and then also... Um, interning at Sharp Mesa Vista's uh, psychiatric hospital. That was great too. Mm -hmm. um, definitely. 
Yeah. Yeah. I felt like that um, working in prison together really bonded us. Mm -hmm. I feel like you were someone I felt really safe with and I felt like I could talk to you about different things. And you just always had that open and honest, um, I I guess, like frequency about you. Like I never felt like you were judging me, which was really nice. Wow. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) No, I felt the same way about you too. And so I'm inspired by your journey I think for me, deciding between clinical and that administrative leadership route was a difficult choice for me. Mm -hmm. But I think that um, after a while, just working at various places, I just felt more called to uh, just leadership and administration. That's right. Because we um, when we went to USC, we were in the community organization planning and administration track. Right. 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 Copa. Copa. Yeah. So that was kind of my experience too, is like, well, I feel like I can help more people if we're in administration. Mm -hmm. And then I had this mentor in my second internship um, in a nonprofit and she was really high up. She was like the COO um, of the company. And she told me, just get your license, just do it. Like you're going to benefit from it. She had her license too, even though she was in administration. So that's kind of what made me pivot. But Man, those were some challenges, collecting those hours and getting licensed. So I totally, and I just think that you're just a natural leader. Like, oh, thank you. I, yeah, when I think of, think about you, I think a natural leader. So tell me about um, the work that you do today in the shelter. Um, so the work that I do, um, I have a team and we serve uh, 60 women and children a night. Um, they come Um, And once they complete an intake, they can stay there for 30 days. And so the goal is to uh, help them address their immediate needs, Mm -hmm. um, whether that is employment, whether that's housing, uh, mental health, physical health, um, as as quick as possible, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe even get them to transition into a one-year residential program or something that's going to essentially provide them with more stability than what a a 30-day emergency shelter can. Mm -hmm. So, um, and sometimes uh, being in the emergency shelter, that's kind of the first step to someone uh, utilizing social services. And Mm -hmm. so really wanting to make sure that uh, people feel uh, non-judged, comfortable, um, as comfortable as you can be for being in an emergency shelter with, Mm -hmm. with your family. So... Yeah, that's right. And what I love about your model is you don't call them clients. What do you call them? Right. We call them guests. So Mm -hmm. we call them guests. Yeah, we we switch that that language to try to take on a more trauma informed uh, approach with working with people experiencing homelessness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It really humanizes it. And going back to um, what I took away, I think the most, if you were to ask me one thing about prison that I took away, it really humanized the inmate experience for me, you know, you watch those crazy TV shows about like people who are locked up and you don't realize that they're fathers and brothers mm-hmm. and all these different things. Right, so right. really bringing that human perspective to people who may suffer from homelessness for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So is it a lot of, um, like you said, stabilization? So when they come in, is it a lot of, uh, is there a crisis intervention? Yeah, there's crisis intervention, um, really trying to provide as many resources as possible mm-hmm. um, to, to meet the individual's um, needs. And so everyone has case management um, that 
a case manager that they meet with once a week for an hour um, and really has an individualized plan mm-hmm. to help them take the the, the next steps to achieving self-sufficiency. Mm-hmm. That is so important. And it also parallels the therapy model or the, just how I view therapy is that, you know, one size does not fit all right. and each person has their own individualized needs and mm-hmm. goals. So it sounds like you're taking a lot of that therapy is cool to your shelter to make people feel more comfortable and trusting in your services. Yeah, that that one-to-one time is really um, important. I remember when I stepped into the role, uh, case management wasn't uh, a requirement for people to do. Uh, And so what I was finding is that some people would stay for 30 days and they were just kind of slipping through the cracks because they didn't um, know that we had case management or... um, we just didn't have an opportunity to build that rapport mm-hmm. um, by, by taking that intentional time to sit with people to try to break that ice. And mm-hmm. so by making it a requirement, um, even if someone doesn't want to, you know, work on their goals, their first or second week, by the third week or fourth week, we hope that they're at least open to taking some of the resources that, that we have to mm-hmm. provide. Yeah. yeah. And I can see how a case manager, obviously, you know, the role way better than me, but um, how they can be that account accountability person. Yes, that's exactly what they are. Mm-hmm. Accountability partner. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, they I- actually create a partnership plan. Um, and so it's not just your your case manager doing all these things for you. It's um, we're, we're working on this together mm-hmm. um, as partners to to get these things done. We're walking alongside you mm-hmm. um, while you're while you're here so mm-hmm. that you can achieve these things. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that's how I feel like when I explain people on the phone when they want um, to do therapy in my private practice mm-hmm. is this is a collaboration. Right. Right. Like, yeah, I'm not going to get you there. We're going to get there together. <laughs> together. I'll hold hope for you. But, um, you know, you got to take those steps in order to create that self-sufficiency. And I think that that's one of the biggest, um, you know, ethics codes in the National Association of Social Workers is really giving that person self-determination and self efficiency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I again, I'm so happy you're here. What I'm um, very excited about is you created this initiative. Tell us about that. Yeah, so the Hurt Help Hill uh, initiative, um, the business was launched in July 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, the website launched December 2018. And so Um, It's an online platform for women to go and write about um, relational traumas and testimonies um, anonymously. Mm. And so um, it's a place where they can share those experiences and not be judged for them. Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing that kind of sets the Heart Help Heal initiative apart from platforms like Facebook and Instagram is... Um, you really don't have that opportunity to be anonymous and there's just so much opportunity for other people to judge you and your experiences Mm -hmm. and, and to, um, Mm -hmm. which is really a lot of the reasons why some people don't share their experiences. Mm -hmm. So, and that's why I wanted to have this platform be anonymous to make people more comfortable to be as transparent uh, as possible. And so the idea is that, you know, we're, we're hurting Mm -hmm. and that uh, through writing, we're able to help ourselves and Mm -hmm. heal ourselves. But then when other people are able to come and read these transparent experiences, they're able to um, heal as well. Mm -hmm. um, Cause they can see that, you know, my, my situation 
um, there's other people who have shared experiences similar mm. to, to mine. And so you can see how this individual um, sharing this anonymous story has, has navigated that. Um, and so it can provide you with some, some insight based off that story, um, what steps you should take. Mm. Um, so, yeah. And you feel like you aren't alone. Right. Right. I think that's yeah. really powerful is, you know, part of the reason why I wanted to start this podcast is that, you know, people sit there with their thoughts and think that no one can understand what they're going through. Mm -hmm. And it's essentially the same thing as like you're creating this platform for people to come on and talk about their experience and be real with it and vulnerable right. and raw. Yeah. Yeah. There, and then just see that there's more similarities in our, our stories and our experiences. Uh, then we realize, even though everyone's experience is, is very different mm -hmm. and we all uh, experience them differently. Um, there's just so, so many similarities for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. So, and um, so that's one of the reasons why I, I started the help help hurt help heal initiative because I was sitting with uh, a group of women and we were, we were just talking about our experiences and we were like, man, we could really write a book. <laughs> and <laughs> I so love that. these are all women who really don't know each other um, super well. Like we haven't been in each other's lives uh, forever, but mm -hmm. just the fact that we all had some similar experiences, it was like, man, we could really <laughs> write a book. But then the idea of, you know, writing and putting yourself out there to the world, like it, it's a scary, scary mm -hmm. thing. So how do you, how do you heal and write and, and get those things out? Um, but feel safe doing that. Mm -hmm. So, and when you connected with these women, was it, um, face to face or was it over an internet platform? Yeah, it was over an uh, internet platform as well. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with, um, you know, translating it into another internet platform. Mm -hmm. I think that especially with everything going on and people not able to see each other face to face, I think now more than ever, right. people need to read these stories, right? Right, right. Yeah, it was a video, video platform. So really cool. Yeah. So you connected electronically. And like you said, you may not have known these people for a very long time, but you instantly connected over those stories. Mm -hmm. Storytelling is so powerful and so healing. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about it, as it relates to healthy relationships and uh, just traumatic experiences, there's, there's so much literature out there on this is how you have an effective relationship. But, mm -hmm. and so, so yeah, that literature is out there, but um, especially for young people, like a lot of them really don't want to read that. And yeah. so what they really want to hear is real stories about mm -hmm. what people experiences and experienced and how they overcame those, um, those, those trials. So, yeah, you're you know. inspiring other people through those stories. So tell me how, I'm getting an inkling that writing was very important to you. Tell me about that. Yeah, so writing has been important for me my whole life. Mm -hmm. um, I was raised an only child, so writing was an outlet for me. And um, for some reason, I just always had this uh, fear of whatever I was writing kind of getting um, exposed or mm -hmm. someone, someone finding it and someone reading it mm -hmm. and either being judged or getting... Uh, in trouble for it. So, um, so what I would do uh, when I was younger, I would uh, write stuff and then sometimes I would destroy it. Or um, even sometimes as I got more and more comfortable with writing, something would happen. Like I would lose what I wrote, say a computer crashed or something mm -hmm. where I would have all my writings on my, my cell phone, which is like, has been the safest space for me to write. 
um, and I'll lose that phone. Mm -hmm. And so that that would be a setback. And so that's one of the things that has um, stopped me um, from from writing over the years. Like I would be writing frequently um, uh, as just a therapeutic uh, expression. Mm -hmm. And then I would stop because something like that would happen Mm -hmm. um, and then pick it up again. So uh, writing has definitely always been a coping skill for me Mm -hmm. to to navigate life. And um, so I think it's really important just to share with others um, about the healing properties uh, of writing mm-hmm. and how 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 beneficial it can be for for people to just put things down on paper mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to to keeping it in all totally. the time. Yeah, yeah, and I know you personally, so I know that you're introverted, mm-hmm. much like me, and so we spend a lot of time in our own head, mm-hmm. and especially like you're saying, if you're growing up an only child, you have a lot of um, things, you know, it, they're bouncing around in your head. Right, right, right. yeah, yeah. So you're favorite way of writing is via phone. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was, I was actually uh, in the process of making a post on, on, on Instagram on the business page where I asked people like, what is your preference? Mm-hmm. Cause some people like notebooks, mm-hmm. uh, some people like computers, some people like to put it in their phone. I, I like to put it on my phone because even if it's just a thought, um, it's, it's at the tip of my hands and I can go back and expand on it later. Whereas you don't always have your computer. You don't always have a notebook. And if I don't write it down, I'm going to lose it. And yeah. so it's usually something that I, I want to, to go back and, and expand on later. So I love uh, writing on my phone. Yeah. yeah. You know, who exposed me to writing on my phone or writing on the phone and like making it cool was I was, uh, when Drake first came out, he mm. was writing on his Blackberry Yeah, and he was writing his lyrics. I and remember he was, that. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And I just thought that was, I just got chills, which means love <laughs> note from the universe. I talk about this often. So when things resonate with me or I feel very aligned in the moment, I get chills, which is a love note from the universe, meaning that everything is synchronizing in the right space. And um, before we started, we looked at what time it was, and it was 11, 11. Mm-hmm. So nothing but good vibes. Maybe Drake will get this podcast one day. Maybe. <laughs> Wishful thinking, Hopefully. right? Yeah, yeah. So he was the one who um, I saw him writing through the phone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I never really thought I'm a very pen to paper person. I have tons of journals upstairs. Right, right. I've actually destroyed some of them, the darker ones. See, and so, see. I know. <laughs> I know I just don't want to live in the past, but and that's something that I really recommend um, for a lot of my clients too, is just putting it on paper, mm-hmm. right? Just externalizing it, having yeah. somewhere to dump out your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. That's been really, really important for me for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I think another thing that really facilitated the Hurt Help Hill initiative for me is that um, just being raised in a single parent household, mm-hmm. um, I know my mom experienced a, a lot of trauma Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, uh, trauma that she has um, just now began to start navigating and working on. And so she had actually wrote me uh, some uh, some letters kind of detailing the magnitude of some of that trauma. And so, you know, while our experiences, again, were, were very different, there's still some similarities there. And I kind of thought like, wow, how many other people could really heal from um, reading something like this mm-hmm. or... Um, whether it be anonymous or just reading other people's um, experiences and mm-hmm. how they navigated it or how they're still working on it mm-hmm. and how that affects uh, their relationships, you mm-hmm. know, to, to this day. So, 
Wow, that is yeah. so extremely powerful. And I'm getting a love note from the universe again. <laughs> the fact that your mom was able to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and open up about, because um, I, re- I truly believe in generational trauma mm-hmm. and it can last up to seven generations. Yeah. If we're not talking about it. If we're true. not releasing it. Right. Um, so I imagine that was extremely yeah. therapeutic for you. It was. It was really healing for me mm-hmm. um, to 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 get all of these uh, letters and to have her be that vulnerable and share these things. Mm-hmm. Again, some things that I knew about, but definitely not to the to the magnitude of uh, just kind of what she was was sharing with me. And so um, it was it was very healing. Wow. I definitely thanked her for for sharing. Yeah. Um, and it and it really did um, help me facilitate. Uh, just a heart help pill initiative and that increased that motivation to want to do something more for people to feel like they have an outlet. Yeah. Shout out to mom. Yeah. It sounds like she was a huge inspiration. She was, for you. she was, she is. Yeah. yeah. To yeah. this day. Yeah. That's incredible. That is so incredible. Do you feel like you're closer because of the writing? I think we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now we know that um, it's, it's safer. We mm-hmm. feel safer, even though it may have been safer, safe before. Mm-hmm. Um, just feel safer with having those type of conversations. Totally. I totally agree. Just, um, yeah, just that, that personal experience, I'm sure it was so, there was a lot of feelings around it, probably terrifying. And Mm -hmm. that's what I've noticed in therapy too, is like just having a safe space to talk about those things and to relate to someone else who's like, I get it. Mm -hmm. And knowing you, you are such a compassionate person Mm -hmm. and no matter what you accept people for who they are, but having that extra layer of like, oh, this is like actually what my mom experienced, Mm -hmm. I can imagine was a deeper level of compassion. Definitely. Yeah, it was. I'm really happy that that happened. And I'm, I'm extremely happy that that happened because it created this platform for other people. Mm -hmm. Right. So tell me about this. Tell me about the platform. How do people um, submit their stories? Yeah. So um, on the website, uh, people, in addition to writing submissions, um, they can write stories, they can submit a poem, um, but there's also a resource page. And so those resources include writing resources, resources for professional development, personal development, um, mental health and self-care resources for people to use. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's that's something that I really want people to know is is there mm-hmm. um so in addition to you know submitting a story and and uh, feeling better from doing that just knowing that okay there's additional steps that I probably should be taking too so right. let me see what resources are available um, so that I can continue this um journey to healing um and build that momentum and, mm-hmm. and maintain that yeah so. I noticed I looked at your website uh, last night and I noticed how many resources are on there and mm-hmm. how much you you curated it to be so specific for people. Right, right. So on, on each resource, under each resource, you, there's book recommendations and articles. Mm-hmm. There's websites that they can go to. Um, there's even videos, uh, links to videos that they can go to relating to uh, each resource. Mm-hmm. So How you know you're a social worker is you want to give out resources. Right, right. right and meet everyone's <laughs> learning style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. You are so mindful about learning styles and just different personality types. Okay, so I want to submit a story, but I'm really scared you're going to know it's me who's writing it. Tell me what the next steps are. Yeah. So in all honesty, uh, I'm the only person approving these stories. Mm -hmm. And so when a submission comes through, uh, it comes through, this is how the website designer has it uh, set up. It looks like I'm sending an email or submission to myself. Um, So I can't see 
um, who the person is, um, unless I know their exact story, which mm-hmm. I really don't know everyone's exact story. Mm-hmm. But um, so that's how it comes through on my end. I read through it, um, you know, check for typos. Um, I, I post it and mm-hmm. upload whatever picture that they have uploaded um, with, with their with their story. Mm-hmm. And so it's completely anonymous. Um, there's a place that asks for their email, um, mm-hmm. but that's optional. So mm-hmm. they don't have to fill that in either. And then the name that they put in, that's any alias um, that someone wants to use just to have uh, attached to their to their story. Give me an example of a good alias. A good alias. Um, man. Uh, you don't want to give away your own, right? <laughs> I don't want to give away my own alias, no. Um, just anything. It could be anything. Okay. Yeah. Oprah lover 77. Period. That's it. <laughs> that, that, that. That's not going to be me. I'll have to come up with a new one, but uh, yeah. she's one of my idols. So um, that's, that's awesome. Okay. So you, so no one actually sees who submits it. You don't put your name. You, it's an optional to um, send, to send an email. Mm-hmm. Do, do you correspond with them? Do you feel like a need to send like a thank you follow up? What do you do with the email? So the email comes through um, and it's just a button for me to approve and or edit um, again, checking for typos. But um, but no, there is a, a comment section under each submission mm-hmm. where um, I could go in as the Heart Help Heal uh, initiative facilitator and write. Thank you for submitting. But other people can go. Um, and write uh, something as well. Um, comments? They yeah, can they, can, they can go in and write comments. Oh my comments. gosh, and are and those so, comments anonymous as well? Those comments can be anonymous. Okay, or yeah. you can put your alias. I yeah, guess you can you put can. your alias. Okay, so this so. can all be anonymous. So if something resonates with me, I see it in this story, and I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for sharing this um, vulnerability. I can go in and share that. I can comment on it and yes. just, okay. You can do that on the bottom of every submission. Okay, great. Yeah. And I check those too as well. Again, yeah. trying to make sure that no one is leaving comments that are non-judgmental mm-hmm. um, or anything that's just really negative mm-hmm. and, and going against what, what the initiative is really trying to do. Mm-hmm. So That's so smart. So you, oh my gosh, you. this is ha- why you impressed me. Since grad school, you have always been a go-getter, always hustling. And so you go to your full-time job as a director of a shelter and you run this initiative. You are the owner, the Mm -hmm. CEO, and you're the editor. You are, I mean, you're, and you're the social media marketer. You're doing it all. I am doing it all. It's a lot, (laughs) but, but, um, I'm passionate about both my full-time job and about this initiative. So, um, getting it, getting it done. And once, you know, and this is really going to take off. I truly believe that this is going to, um, become something way bigger than we can even conceptualize right now. Yeah. So you'll be able to afford that extra help yeah. and, you know, delegate <laughs> you. some of these resources Thank to you. some appropriate people. And yeah. um, <clears throat> I'm just super, super proud of you. So I was going to manifest that, manifest that, manifest it. right. Yeah. And um, so tell me about, <clears throat> you also have a very strong presence on social media. Tell mm-hmm. me about that. So um, on social media, um, we have, when I say we, I say me, but one day it will be we. <laughs> yes, yep. Shout <laughs> um, out. It's, it's an Instagram page mm-hmm. uh, really geared to uh, just the Hurt Help Hill initiative mm-hmm. um, itself. And so just making sure content is consistent and really promoting uh, how important it is and healing uh, writing is. Mm-hmm. So that's, mm-hmm. that's really what the whole 
um, Instagram page is is about. Awesome. And yeah. before I want to talk about this too, because I think this is really important. Um, before we jumped on to start recording, you were telling me about how you were, you know, all gassed up and going to all these events and, you know, putting the word out there. Yeah. And then COVID happened, COVID-19. So right, right. Tell me about that journey. Yeah. So this, this is, um, you know, the two year anniversary of Hurt Help Heal. And so going into two years at the beginning of this year, I just really had all these business goals set for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and updates that I wanted to make with regards to content and the website and um, and events that I wanted to go to. And so in the beginning of the year, I was able to go to um, two events, um, the Black Women Save My Life Summit and then the Black Women's March uh, in San Diego. And so those are really, really great um, events um, where I was able to share with other women um, mm -hmm. about the platform and um, again, just had a lot of a lot of goals and plans for this year, but COVID happened, and, mm -hmm. and it really, I think, just kind of I lost steam, and I was really unmotivated. Mm -hmm. So wasn't posting any new content mm -hmm. to the uh, to the business page, and um, yeah, things just kind of stopped. And so, um, yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of people can relate to that, right? Mm -hmm. We basically had our world uh, turned upside down. For the most part, and you were getting yourself out there, mm -hmm. and you were selling your hats, which I want you to promote. To, I want you to tell people about oh. in just a moment. Um, <laughs> and you were telling me last week that um, you were offered to go on people's podcasts. It was true networking, yeah, right? Yeah. A lot of great things were were taking place. Yeah, sure. yeah. I know that COVID has been extremely hard for businesses, and just in our intrinsic motivation. You know, I talk to my clients all the time who are like, I had all these goals in 2020 and then COVID happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, I feel like the opposite thing happened for me where I um, was able to pivot and really launch my business full time mm -hmm. yeah. because of being able to right. not have an office space and just do it out of my house. But what I'm hearing you say is it kind of, um, you lost the momentum that you were feeling in those first months of 2020. Definitely, definitely lost that momentum, mm -hmm. but feeling like I'm, I'm gaining it back. So <laughs> yeah, hopefully this is helpful too. Yeah. You know, I want to re-inspire you. Yeah. And um, this has been very, very helpful having this opportunity and mm -hmm. definitely appreciate you for having me come on here to speak about the Heart Help Heal Initiative and my journey as a social worker. Yeah. yeah. So before we wrap it up here, I want to know from you, Miss Ashley Brown, why do you think Therapy is cool. Therapy. Why do I think therapy is cool? Uh, you know, when, when I talk to people about therapy, I usually compare therapy to uh, going to church mm -hmm. and to going to the gym. And so the reason I make that comparison is uh, one of the reasons is if you haven't been working out for a while and you just go back to the gym. Um, or if you haven't been going to church for a while and, and you just get reconnected and you're going back to church, you're really like, man, what, what took me so long? Mm -hmm. Like, I really missed this. I really needed this. What, what took me so long to to do this mm -hmm. and to, to resume this and, and realizing how important that is for you? And mm -hmm. so um, that's what therapy does for me. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not in therapy right now. Um, I'm looking for a new therapist mm -hmm. and excited to uh, resume therapy for, for, for that reason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I think another reason that I compare uh, therapy with going to the gym and church is because uh, sometimes we will 
you know, stop going to the gym and wait until, you know, our doctor says we have to go Mm -hmm. now it's time or until, or we'll wait till we're really not happy with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And with church, we'll wait till things are really, really going wrong in our lives or things are really bad uh, to start going back to church. And so uh, I think humans, sometimes we have a tendency to do that same thing with therapy is wait till we're in crisis to go to therapy. Um, But really just like with the gym, we should be using that to maintain our mental health and our physical health, Um, church or whatever uh, spiritual practice uh, someone is engaged in. We should be, you know, doing that regularly for our, our, our spiritual health to maintain that. And so that's what we should be doing with therapy too. We don't just have to wait until something is going wrong. We should be uh, going to therapy to uh, just maintain our mental health and, and just navigate the, use therapy to navigate the, the day-to-day. Yeah, absolutely. I um, was sharing with you earlier that I had a client this week that said, nothing bad happened to me this week, so I don't know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> and it's not just about the bad things that are going right, on in your right. life. Let's yeah. celebrate the progress that you're making mm-hmm. and the goals you want to set when you are feeling aligned and true to who you are. Right. So I think that's you make some really good points, and um, I definitely think therapy is more cool because of what you said. <laughs> uh, so... Before we um, say our goodbyes, thank you so much for being here. How can people find you? Yes, so people can find me by uh, going to the website. It's www.hurthelphealinitiative.com. You can also email me at hurthelphealinitiative at gmail.com on Instagram as well. Um, Hurt Help Heal Initiative and Facebook, Hurt Help Heal Initiative. Great. And I will have all of those resources in the show's description on the podcast. Also, another big thing. I have one of these hats. You're rocking the hat right now. Tell us about how um, the listeners can find a hat. Yeah. So I have a, a store called Heart Help Heal Shop. And um, I have some hats and some other apparel where, um, yeah, the thing for me is uh, even if someone does not uh, go on the website and make a submission, I feel like as long as me and other people are making a commitment to share with other people how healing and therapeutic writing is, then that's 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 what really needs to be happening because a lot of people uh, really don't know. And so with, with the purchase of a hat or some of the other products on the website, um, for me, people are really just making a commitment to to share that with with others, how, how healing writing is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a feeling, like I said, that your website is going to take off and it's going to be way bigger than we could ever imagine. And it's not, you know, your hats aren't going to be just the only thing, but it is a really oh, nice message. And I, you. and I hope people um, purchase the hats and, um, you know, yes. support your initiative. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. You are my very first guest. <laughs> you are my friend and you are such a great leader in this community. Thank, Thank you. you, Molly. <laughs>